This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another performance by the Reimagined Radio Project. The message of tonight's performance, that humanity far outweighs riches, is most important as we contemplate the changes and uncertainties ahead of us as a culture, a community, a country. We hope you enjoy our performance, and we wish you a very happy and safe holidays. Once upon a Christmas Eve, on a mean and shabby street in London, stood the office of Scrooge and Marley. Marley was seven years dead, but Scrooge never bothered to paint over Marley's name on the weathered sign above the front door. Waste of time, paint, and money. Scrooge and Marley were partners for many years, but Ebenezer Scrooge was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner he was. A frosty rhyme remained permanently upon his head, his eyebrows, and on his wiry chin. His coldness iced his office in the dog days, and it didn't thaw out one degree at Christmas. A fact attested by Bob Cratchit, Scrooge's overworked and shivering clerk. Hey, hey, you, you there, Bob Cratchit. Come here. What are you doing there? Well, I, I, uh, <coughs> you see, uh, my stove's gone out, Mr. Scrooge. I'm only putting a bit more coal in the fire, seeing it's so cold in here, sir. Yeah, you put that coal back into the scuttle. Fire, fire indeed. I can tell you if you use coal at that rate... You and I will soon be parting company, Bob Cratchit. Do you understand that? There's many a young fellow like your situation, you know. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. I'm sorry, sir. It's just my fingers were getting stiff with the cold. Then put on your mittens. Someone at the door. Go and see who it is. Yes, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, is this the firm of Scrooge and Marley? Yes, sir. Uh, I should like to see the head of the firm, if I may. Oh, very good, sir. What is it? A gentleman to see you, sir. What? Uh, have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Marley's been dead these seven years tonight. I'm Scrooge. Ah. Well, now, uh, Mr. Scrooge, at this season of year, it's only fitting that we who are more fortunate should... Help with food, clothing, and shelter for those less fortunate. Uh, you may not believe it, sir, but, but many in our community are now in want of uh, common necessities. Yeah. Uh, and, and many more will soon be afflicted in the government if the government continues its reckless course. Are there no shelters? Uh, well, uh, there are some, sir, but never enough. Uh, especially at this time of year when safety and sanctuary are most needed. Are there no share houses, no food banks? Yes, th th sir, there, there are, but they alone cannot meet the community's needs. What about the local government? What are they doing? Uh, <laughs> well, sir, w we have elected a female mayor, our first ever. She is very much hands-on in operational style, but there are decades of head-in-the-sand resistance to change that must be overcome. Yeah, business will carry us forward by creating jobs, lowering the deficit. Well, she, she cannot do it alone, sir. It takes a city. Everyone working together. 
At this time of year, some additional provision for the poor and the destitute must be made. Yeah. A few of us are endeavoring to help, you see. And, uh, well, what should I put you down for? Nothing. Ah, I see. Ah, uh, oh, you wish to be anonymous, sir. I wish to be left alone. Uh, I do not make merry myself, and I do not wish to help make idle people merry. I help to support the establishments that take care of the poor. They cost enough taxes. Let those who are badly off go there. Many can't go there, sir, and, and many would rather die. I mean, many will die. Then my advice to them is to do so. Decrease the surplus population. Besides, I've only your word for it that these things are so. It's the truth, Mr. Scrooge. Well, so be it then. It's not my business. It's enough for a man to understand his own business and not to interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, sir. I quite understand, Mr. Scrooge. Good afternoon. Cratchit, show this gentleman out. Yes, sir. This way, sir, please. Sir, I couldn't help overhearing. I, I should like to contribute tuppence. Cratchit! Yes, sir. It isn't much, but it's all I can afford. But there are others in a worse situation than I. <laughs> you are a generous fellow. Cratchit! I wish yes, I might say the same of your employer. <laughs> Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Cratchit! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Yes, sir! Close the door! Yes, sir. <sighs> Twenty-four... Thirty-one, one, carry the three. <laughs> a new scarlet tippet for Tiny Tim. <laughs> oh, a comb for Martha. Yes. Thirty-three, three, carry three. Oh, a hair ribbon for Belinda. <laughs> Four, seven, twelve, fifteen. Crack it! Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. It's late. Other businesses will be closing like fools. We may as well close up the office now. Uh, yes, sir. It is getting a little dark. Hard to see the figures. Mm, I suppose you'll be wanting the entire day tomorrow. Well, if it's quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient. And it's not fair, either. But I suppose I can't do anything about it. <laughs> if I was to stop half a crown of your wages, you'd think yourself very ill-used, I'll be bound. Well, sir, I... Yes, but you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. It's only once a year, sir. Once a year, once a year, indeed. Fine excuse. Picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. Well, not even the county gives a paid holiday to its employees. But I suppose there's no good talking. You must have the whole day. See that you are here all the earlier the next morning. Do you understand? Oh, I, I will, sir. Good night, sir, and Merry Christmas. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, Mr. Scrooge, it's your nephew, Mr. Fred. Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Fred. And a Merry Christmas to you as well, Bob, and the missus. And to Tiny Tim. Oh, thank you, Mr. Fred. Same to you, sir. Good day, sir. Good day, Bob. Merry Christmas. God save you, Uncle. Ah, humbug. Christmas a humbug. Uncle, now I'm sure you don't mean that. I mean just that. Exactly that. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry? What reason have you, you poor enough? Oh, but what reason have you to be dismal about Christmas, Uncle? You're rich enough. Yeah. Now, Uncle, don't be cross. Well, what else can I say when I live in such a world of fools? If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips would be boiled in his own pudding, buried with a stake of holly in his heart. Uncle. Nephew, you keep Christmas in your way. Let me keep it in mine. Keep it? But you don't keep Christmas, Uncle. Well, let me leave it alone, then. What do you want? A Christmas gift, I've no doubt. I came to wish you a Merry Christmas, Uncle. A Merry Christmas. Much good may Christmas do you. Humbug. 
There are many things from which I derive good by which I have not profited it materially, I dare say, uncle. For example, I have no slogan hats for sale. But I have always thought of Christmas time as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. And therefore, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe it has done me good and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. I wonder you don't go into Congress. You talk enough nonsense. Oh, don't be angry, Uncle. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, I tried. A Merry Christmas to you, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year, too. Ah, humbug. Christmas nonsense. Twaddle, flimmery, fake news! The office of Scrooge and Marley was closed. Bob Cratchit, with the long ends of his white comforter dangling below his waist, for he boasted no great coat, went down a slide on Corn Hill twenty times in honor of Christmas Eve, and then ran to Kiggins Theater as hard as he could to make time for a movie with his family. <laughs> Scrooge, on the other hand, did not make time for a movie. Instead, he took a melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern. After spending the rest of the evening with his banker's book, he went to his dismal house. Scrooge walked through his rooms to see that all was right. Sitting room, bedroom, storage room, all as they should be. Nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, nobody under the bed, Nobody in the closet. Scrooge locked himself in. He double-locked himself in. He took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers and, and his nightcap, and sat down before the small fire, allowing himself the pleasure of its meager warmth. sworn I saw old Jacob Humbug Marley's been dead these seven years. It's a humbug. It's all humbug. What I need is a good night's sleep. What's that? What's that? Someone is here. But the door is locked and double locked and Something is coming. Something, something is coming closer outside my door. I won't believe it. It's a box still. Marley. Oh, no, no. What do you want with me? Who are you? You asked me 
was. <laughs> You're rather particular for a ghost. All right, who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley, but you're dead. You died seven years ago. Seven years ago, this very night, Ebenezer. <sighs> What's wrong, Ebenezer? You don't believe in me? I do not. You doubt your senses, Ebenezer? Yes. Yes, because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You, you can't be a ghost. You may be an undigested bit of beef, or a blot of mustard, or a crumb of cheese, or a fragment of an underdone potato. There's more a gravy than a grave about you. Whatever you are is a humbug. I tell you, humbug! I do believe in you. You are a ghost, Jacob. But why do you walk the earth, Jacob? Why do you come to me? It is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide to witness what it cannot share, what might have shared on earth and turn to happiness. But tell me, Jacob, what is that? chain you wear around you. I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard by my own free will. Is its pattern strange to you, Ebenezer? Cash boxes, keys and padlocks, ledgers and purses. Yours was as heavy and as long as mine seven years ago. You have labored on it since, Ebenezer. Oh, Jacob, speak comfort to me, Jacob. Comfort? I have none to give. I cannot rest. I cannot stay. I cannot linger. Weary journeys lie before me. You travel fast. Yes, Ebenezer, on the winds of the wind. Seven years dead and traveling all the time. Seven years, Ebenezer. Seven years of remorse. Ebenezer, do you know that no space of regret can make amends for one's life's opportunities misused? But you were always a good man of business, Jacob. Business. Mankind was my business. Charity, mercy... Benevolence, they were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. Jacob, Jacob, don't take on so. Jacob. Listen to me, Ebenezer. I'll listen to you, Jacob. Speak to me, but don't be so flowery. Ebenezer, I am here to warn you that you have yet a chance of hope of escaping my fate. Do you hear that, Ebenezer? Yes, Jacob. Yes, you always were a good friend to me, Jacob. Thank you. But go on. How shall I escape? I'm, I'm afraid, Jacob. You will be haunted this very night by three spirits. Is that the only chance and hope, Jacob? Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. Yeah, couldn't I just take them all at once and have it over with, Jacob? Ebenezer, for your own sake, remember what has passed between us. Remember when the bell tolls one. Look for that first spirit. Marley! Jacob Farley!
Scrooge awoke, he was lying on his bed, when suddenly the curtains were drawn aside and Scrooge found himself face to face with the unearthly visitor who drew them, as close to it as you are to the person sitting at your elbow. It was a strange figure, like a child, yet not so like a child as like an old man. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white as if with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle in it, and the tenderness bloom was on the skin. The arms were long and muscular, the hands the same, as if they held prodigious and uncommon strength. Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> Who's that? Ebenezer Scrooge, I have come for you. You? Are you the uh, spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? I am that spirit, yes. Who? What are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. But... What do you want of me? What brings you here to haunt me? Your welfare, Ebenezer Scrooge. Rise! Walk with me. <laughs> Walk? In these slippers and dressing gown? Come. We will leave by the window. No, 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 no. That's, that's all very well for spirits, but I am mortal and I will fall down. <laughs> I will keep you safe. Come, follow me. Look, just below us, Ebenezer Scrooge. Do you know this place? Why, yes, I know it, spirit. I was a boy here. See, there's my old school with the cupola and the bell hanging in it. Come, let us go closer. Look through the window into that cold, barren room. What do you see, Ebenezer Scrooge? I see a boy. Ah, a solitary child, neglected by his family, alone. Yes, yes, I see. I know that boy. I was that boy. Uh -huh. So lonely when the schoolmaster told me Christmas was not for everyone. But self-pity was degrading. Ah, a very wise man, don't you agree, Ebenezer? Of course I don't agree, spirit. Christmas is important for every child at that age. There was a young waif singing outside my office yesterday. I should have given him something. Never mind, it's too late now. Is it? Come, Ebenezer Scrooge. Let us see another Christmas. Now we are in the city, and that lonely boy is older. Do you know this warehouse, Ebenezer? Know it? Know it? This is the counting house where I was apprenticed. It's my old master, bless his heart. It's old Fezziwig, my master alive again, and hosting one of his Christmas parties. <laughs> Partners, <laughs> show us all what you've learned while attending Metropolitan Performing Arts. <laughs> Listen to him. <laughs> A corkscrew, thread the needle, hand back to your places. <laughs> oh, look, there's Mrs. Fezziwig herself looking younger than any of them. 
And the tables all loaded with roasts and cider and minced pies and beer. <laughs> what a jolly time we used to have. Yes, that carefree young man with the light heart and the gay smile. Do you recognize him? Yes. Yes, yes, merciful heaven. How happy I was then. Small matter for the old Fezziwig to make those silly folks so full of joy. Small matter? <laughs> Small indeed. Isn't it? He has spent only a few pounds of your mortal money, and that's so much that he deserves praise. It's not that, spirit. A Fezziwig has the power to make us happy or unhappy. To make our service light or heavy, his power lies in words and looks and things that are so tiny it's impossible to count them up. The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it cost him. <sighs> what is the matter? Uh, nothing. Nothing at all, Spirit. Something, I think. No. No. Speak. Well, it's only... It's just that I should like to be able to say a word or two to my clerk, Bob Cratchit, that's all. Um. <laughs> my time grows short, and we have yet another journey to make. Where now? Come! This is our last visit to your past, Ebenezer. Here in this little room, with a fair young girl by your side. Do you recognize yourself, Ebenezer? No, 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 spare me this. You're older now, a man in the prime of his life. Your face has begun to wear the signs of care and avarice. Your eyes are greedy, the eager, restless eyes of a miser. No. No, please. Ah, she knows it too, that girl by your side. There are tears in her eyes. It matters little to you, very little, I know that. Belle, have I changed toward you? When we were engaged, we were both poor. Was it better then? Better to be poor? Better at least to be happy. You're changed. You were another man then. I was a boy. You blame me because I've grown wiser. Have I ever tried to break our engagement? In words? No, never. In what, then? In a changed nature. In an altered spirit. In everything that made my love of any value in your sight. So I release you from your promise. Belle. No, at first. It may cause you pain to lose me, a very brief pain. But soon it will be dim, like a half-remembered dream, an unprofitable dream. And you will be glad to wake from such a dream. May you be happy in the life you've chosen, Ebenezer. That's enough. Show me no more. Take me home. These were shadows of the things that have been. That they are what they are. Do not blame me. No, no more. No more, spirit. Spirit, I can't bear anymore. Leave me. Hunt me no more. Take me back. Take me back. Oh. Uh-huh.
awakened suddenly and sat bolt upright in his own bed. He remembered the words of Marley's ghost and wondered from which direction the second specter would appear. As he waited, he became aware gradually of a great blaze of ruddy light which seemed to shine upon him from the adjoining room. He got up softly and shuffled in his slippers to the door. It was his own sitting room, no doubt about that, but it had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceiling were so hung with living green that it looked a perfect grove, from every part of which bright gleaming berries glistened, and such a mighty blaze went roaring up the chimney as had never been known in Scrooge's time. Heaped on the floor to form a kind of throne, were turkeys, geese, game, poultry, great joints of meat, suckling pigs, long wreaths of sausages, mince plies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. In easy state upon this couch, there sat a jolly giant, a glorious to see, who bore a glowing torch in shape not unlike Plenty's horn, and held it up, high up, to shed its light on Scrooge as he came peeping round the door. <laughs> come in, come in, Ebenezer Scrooge, and know me better, man. Who, uh, who? <laughs> I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. You have never seen the likes of me before. You are, um... You're different from the other spirit. You're tall, almost a giant. And that great torch you carry. Its light pours into the homes of rich and poor alike. Spirit, take me where you will. Last time I went against my will, I learnt a lesson which is working now. If you have anything to teach me, let me profit by it. Take my hand, Ebenezer Scrooge. Take my hand. You are listening to a reimagined radio performance of a radio Christmas carol. Our performance comes to you live from the historic Kiggins Theater in downtown Vancouver, Washington. Reimagined Radio is a partnership between Kiggins Theater, Metropolitan Performing Arts, KXRW-FM, and the Creative Media and Digital Culture Program at Washington State University, Vancouver. We return you now to our program. Where have you brought me, spirit? A humble dwelling in a humble street. It is humble enough. Yet there is happiness there. Who, who are these people? Who's that woman and the children? <laughs> These are the family of your clerk, Bob Cratchit. His wife, dressed in a twice-turned gown, but brave in ribbons, laying the table for their breakfast dinner. And there, assisting her, is her daughter Belinda. And the young man with the fork and the stuffing? That's Master Peter Cratchit. 
And the two little Cratchits. Listen, Scrooge. Here's Martha, Mother. Martha, Martha, my bless your heart alive, Martha, my dear. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Mother. How late you are, my dear. Oh, we did a deal of work to finish up last night, and we had to clear away this morning. Well, never mind, so long as you're here now. Sit ye down before the fire and have a warm. <laughs> oh, bless ye. Where's Father? He's been to church with Tiny Tim. They'll be along directly. How is Tiny Tim, Mother? Any better at all? Sometimes I think he is, and sometimes I think, oh dear God. If anything should happen to Tiny Tim. Mother, oh. you mustn't even think of such a thing. Oh, here's Father. Father's here. Here he is. Oh, <laughs> there's Tiny Tim. Oh, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, Martha, welcome, my dear. Merry Christmas, Father and Tim. Merry Christmas, Martha. Oh, Tim, you darling. Oh, Father, I'm so glad to be home. And we're so glad to have you, Martha. And how did little Tim behave in church, Bob? Oh, good as gold and better. I like church, Mother. Oh, they sing the nicest songs. I hope they saw me there. Saw you there? And why, Tim? Well, don't you see? Because I'm lame and they saw my crutch, I might, I might be pleasant for them to remember on Christmas Day who it was who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Oh, bless you, my son. Oh, yes, yes, children, we're all ready. Come, come, take your places. And Robert, wait your turn. Oh, there's plenty stuffing and dressing and plum pudding for all of you. Uh, Martha, you take care of Tiny Tim. Yes, Mother. You see, he eats plenty. He must get tall and well. Now, sit down. Uh, sit down, everyone. And now, my dears, with such a dinner, a toast, a Merry Christmas to us all, and God bless us. Amen. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> and now, to Mr. Scrooge. Oh. No, no. I give you a toast to Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. Who pays you all the 15 shillings a week? I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast on, and I'd hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, no, the children. Christmas Day. Well... It should be Christmas Day, I'm sure, on which one drinks to the health of such an odious, stingy, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Bob. Nobody knows it better than you, poor fellow. My dear, Christmas Day. <sighs> I'll drink to his health for your sake and the days, but not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and happy, I have no doubt. And I say, God bless him too, Mother, and God bless us, everyone. Are those tears in your eyes, Ebenezer Scrooge? Cratchit never told me his boy was lame. He has worn that brace and carried that little crutch for as long as he can remember. They are not a handsome family, these Cratchits. They are not well dressed. Their shoes are far from being waterproof. 
Their clothes are scanty and have known very likely the insides of a pawnbroker's. But they are happy, grateful, pleased with one another, and contented with the time. But my time on this globe ends tonight, Ebenezer. I must away. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me this before you leave. Yes. Spirit, tell me if Tiny Tim will live. Mm. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. Oh, no, kind spirit, say he will be spared. Say he will live. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, Ebenezer, the child will die. No, 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 no. Will it not be better if he dies? As you once said, it will decrease the surplus population. Farewell, Ebenezer. The ghost of Christmas yet to come awaits you. Scrooge found himself once more in his bed, in his dressing gown with his nightcap on his head. He remembered the prediction of old Jacob Marley and lifting up his eyes, beheld the ghost of Christmas future. A solemn phantom shrouded in black, draped and hooded coming toward him slowly and silently like the mist upon the ground. I know you. You are the ghost of Christmas future. You'll show me the shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Answer me, spirit. I fear you more than any specter I have seen, yet I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live another man from what I was, I... Lead on, lead on. The night is waning fast. Time is precious. Spirit, why have you brought me back here again? To Bob Cratchit's home? But it's not the same. It's... Why, why is everything so quiet, so very quiet here? I'm sorry, my dear. I, I went to the churchyard today. I, I wish you could have gone with me. It would have done your heart good to see how sweet and green a place it is. But you'll see it often. I, I promised him. Yes, I, I promised Tiny Tim we'd walk there on a Sunday. Father, dear, it's God's will. I'm trying to understand it, my dear. My son. My little son, Tiny Tim. And I loved him so. Oh, that 
that's cruel. Cruel spirit. Can't you give me one word ray of hope that I may change all of that? That Tiny Tim may live? Where are you taking me now? Here on a common street. Spirit, what, what is there for me to learn here? Who are, who are those men? I don't know much about it either way. I only know he's dead. Uh, when did he die? Last night, I believe. I heard a program on KXRWFM, the community radio station. Now, from what I hear, it's likely to be a very cheap funeral for upon my life. I don't know nobody to go to it. Suppose we make up a party and volunteer. I don't mind going if a lunch is provided. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't come to think of it. I think he was my best friend. What? Oh, yes. We used to nod to each other when we was on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit, help me. Who is this man that died? Was there no one to mourn the poor creature? No one to follow him to the grave? Perhaps they'll give him a green grave, at least, like poor tiny Tim, perhaps. Ah, oh, now I see it. <laughs> There's writing on that stone, and the name on the gravestone is Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. No, no, spirit. No, no, hear me. I'm not the man I was. Why show me this if I have past all hope? Tell me that I can change these dreadful shadows you've shown me by unaltered life. I'll... I'll honor Christmas in my heart. I'll try to keep it all the year. I'll live in the past and the present and the future. And I'll not shut out the lessons that they teach. Tell me, spirit. Go on, tell me. Tell me that I can sponge away the writing of that stone. Spirit, I beg you. Spirit, I beg you. Scrooge woke a changed man. <laughs> what, is, what, is it? what is this? It's my own bedpost. I'm home in my own bed, in my own room, and the sun. The sun is shining and it's clear and it's bright and no fog. And, oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, glorious, glorious. Hey! Hello! Excuse me. Yes, sir. What, uh, what day is today? What's that, sir? What day is it, my fine friend? Why, today it's it's Christmas Day. <laughs> Christmas Day? Then I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. <laughs> all in one night. Oh, heaven be praised. How's that, sir? Listen, uh, do you know where the poulterer is? In the next street. I should 
Say I do. <laughs> An intelligent person, a remarkable person. <laughs> Tell me, do you, do you know if they've sold the prize goose that was hanging in the window? The, the one as big as me? <laughs> what a delightful person. It's a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> uh, yes, my friend. It's, uh, it's hanging there now, sir. That's wonderful. Go down, will you, and tell them to send it to Bob okay. Cratchit and his family on Broad Street. Okay. And mind you, they're not to know who paid for it. Just go along, go along. Hurry, hurry, my friend. Oh, and here, here. Wait a minute, wait. Here's half a crown for your trouble. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, and thank you. And Merry Christmas, sir. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm as light as a feather. <laughs> I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. <laughs> merry Christmas! <laughs> a Merry Christmas to everybody! And a Happy New Year to all the world! <laughs> <laughs> um, I must, I must get dressed. I have, oh, I have much to do. It's going to be a very busy day, yes. Oh, very busy, very busy day. And it was a very busy day. Ebenezer Scrooge was out observing Christmas in the merriest way. Scrooge talked with everyone he met. My dear sir, how do you do? Uh, I beg your pardon. Well, you, um, uh, aren't you the um, gentleman who came to my office in regard to charity? Why, yes, sir. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, allow me to ask your pardon, sir. Uh, will you have the goodness to accept... Uh, uh, I prefer to whisper this. <laughs> but Lord bless me! My dear Scrooge... Are you serious? If you please, now, not a farthing less. <laughs> a great many back payments oh. are included in it, I assure you. <laughs> Will you do me that favor? Well, my, my dear sir, I, I don't know what to say to such generosity. Now, don't say anything, please. Just come and see me. <laughs> Will you? I will. will you come and see me? I will indeed, sir. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm much obliged to you. Thank you. Thank you 50 times. Bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. As he walked about, Scrooge looked so delighted that people could not resist talking to him. A Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Yes, and he stopped to pat children on the head. <laughs> Merry Christmas, my dear. And he gave shillings to beggars. God bless you, Mr. Scrooge. And Scrooge even went calling on his nephew, and his nephew's wife kissed him. Oh, Scrooge had a wonderful time and a wonderful Christmas. Next morning, Scrooge was early at his office. He went early for a reason. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late, that was the thing he'd set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine, no Cratchit. A quarter past, still no Cratchit. Scrooge sat with his door wide open that he might see Cratchit come in. When Cratchit did arrive, Scrooge called out. Hey! You Cratchit. Yes, sir. Step this way, Cratchit, if you please. Cratchit, what do you mean by coming in at this time of day? Why, 
I'm very sorry, sir. I'm behind my time. You are, yes. Yes, I think you are. Oh, it's only once a year, Mr. Scrooge. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Uh, I tell you what, my friend. I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, Bob Cratchit, I'm about to raise your salary. Mr. Scrooge, are you quite yourself, sir? No. No, thank heaven, I'm not quite myself. Merry Christmas, Bob. <laughs> Merry Christmas, my good fellow. A merrier Christmas than I've given you in many a year. I shall raise your salary and we'll see what we can do for Tiny Tim and the rest of your family, huh? We shall discuss it this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. To Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh and little heeded them. His own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. He had no further interaction with spirits, and he lived happily ever after. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that truly be said of us all. And as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. That concludes our reimagined radio performance of A Radio Christmas Carol. Our performance comes to you live from the historic Kiggins Theater in downtown Vancouver, Washington. Reimagined Radio is a partnership between the Kiggins Theater, Metropolitan Performing Arts, KXRW FM, and the Creative Media and Digital Culture Program at Washington State University, Vancouver, Washington. Tonight, you were entertained by John Barber as the narrator, Jeffrey Puka as Ebenezer Scrooge, Larry Taylor as Bob Cratchit and Fezziwig, Ian Hanley as the charity gentleman and the ghost of Christmas past, Greg Schilling as nephew Fred, young Scrooge, first man and man on the street, Steve Becker as ghost of Marley and second man, Ariana Dornbosch as Belle, young girl and beggar on the street. Anne McInerney Ogle as Ghost of Christmas Present. Nora Scogan as Martha Cratchit. Emerson Scogan as Goose Person and Tiny Tim. Barbara Richardson as the announcer and Mrs. Cratchit. Sebastian Hawk Hoskins and Dan Wyatt on Foley Sound Effects. Thank you for joining and helping to spread a bit of holiday cheer. We plan future performances here at the Kiggins Theatre. Please watch our websites and social media for dates and times. This is your announcer saying thank you and best of wishes for the holidays. Thank you for listening to Monday Matinee right here on the Mutual Audio Network. 
Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Tuesday Terrors for Horror, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for Action, Adventure, Mystery, and Crime Drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.